Hi, this is Craig Tim, and today's message, God is going to be asking us where our faith is. How deep is it? Do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we have everything that he has to offer us? Where are we in our standing? And how are we walking? Before we get started with the message, though, I want to begin by asking you a very personal question, if I may. What will you say is missing in your life today? Be honest now. Be honest. What's missing in your life? Is, is, is there a need for a new car in your life? Your old car is clunking out. It's nickel and dime in you. It's always in repairs. It's always breaking down. Nothing works on it, and you need a newer car. Or how about a newer home? doesn't have to be brand new. Maybe your family's growing. You need more space, and maybe your family is all on their own, and you don't need as much space. Is that what's missing in your life? How about new clothes? We always want new clothes. We always want to look nice, but... You know, let's, maybe it's just an updated wardrobe. Maybe it's not brand new clothes. Or could it be that you are in desperate need of a solid relationship with someone? Someone that you can trust and you can bounce things off of. You can vent to. You can reach out to. Perhaps you may even think you might need a new spouse. Grass is greener on the other side. And then those cliches, Right? Most people today, though, tend to focus on the physical nature of their lives more than anything else they have. They tell themselves that this life is all there is. I only have one life to live and live it to the fullest. However, people have a built-in spiritual vacuum, and it must be filled with something. That's why all cultures throughout history, they have developed a system of some sort of theology. The spirit needs that. And it's in human nature to long for something. Oh, anything more, just something spiritual. People tend to end up asking themselves, what is our real purpose for even being here? Well, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if this world is all there is, then Christians are fools and should be pitied above all others. And if that's the case, are you still searching for that, quote, missing link in your life? And if you are, how about finding God and the Holy Spirit? That's the title of today's message, Living in a Spirit-Filled Life. In Ephesians 5, Paul, Paul is speaking to the people of Ephesus and giving them encouragement on living the Christian life. He says, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, because the days are evil. And verse 18 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Living a spirit-filled life ought to be the goal of every believer. Few demonstrate their lives that are truly filled, though, with the power of God. Well, 
most live in a mm, whole-hum Christian existence. And those who call them Christians are satisfied with the waves in their lives as long as there's going to be a spot reserved for them in heaven. And along with that kind of attitude, they are content and life as ants are at a picnic. Now some wonder why they cannot find victory over the sailing sins in their lives. And others might not struggle with deep sins at all, but they never do much for Christ either. The, the reason for this conflicting livelihood is that very few believers are really living a truly spirit-filled life. Now you may be thinking, well, what does it mean to be spirit-filled? I prayed for my forgiveness of sins to Jesus, and I mean, that that's what my pastor said, and that's all I had to do. So why should one want to be spirit with the spirit? I thought I was good to go. That's how so many people think about it. In John 3, Jesus is talking with Nicodemus, and he says to him, Truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And then after a short exchange back and forth between him and Nicodemus, Jesus says in verse 5, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. Now, born of water and the Spirit? What, what might Jesus be referring to here? Are you, well, I believe that he's talking about a uh, regeneration by the Spirit through a water baptism. That It represents the cleansing action of God's Holy Spirit for the Christian. In, in Titus 3.5 it says, He, being Jesus, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of the rebirth and renewal by the Spirit whom He poured on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. And 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For we were all baptized by on the Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. And Romans 8 says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, the Spirit gives life, because His Spirit lives in you. Now, most religious folks think that because they can't see the Holy Spirit, then He's not at work in their lives. And others tend to spiritualize every area of their life. Well, we need to learn from the scripture so that we will have some type of balance in our own minds. And this is the reason Paul says, do not be ignorant. Now the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and gives us direction for living each day. Take Paul's advice. Do not be ignorant about spiritual things. If you want to make your life count for Christ, it if you want to live in the fullness of the Spirit, it begins with a commitment to learn about the Holy Spirit's work in your life. All born-again believers are baptized by the Holy Spirit the moment they receive Christ as the Lord and Savior. And to be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, earlier we, we, we quoted in Ephesians 5, 
In verse 18 again, it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I, I, I kind of feel that Paul's drawn a similarity here of the effects of alcohol where liquor controls the life of a, uh, uh, a drunkard. And a spirit-filled believer is under the influence of the Holy Spirit that controls their thoughts and actions of them. And if you think about that for a moment from this passage, there actually are two commands for us. First one is, do not get drunk. But on the positive side, Paul says, we are to be filled with the Spirit. Now our worldly fa falters at the thought of being told what to do. At least of all, commanding us to do anything. People much prefer to replace the word command with something like, oh, let me give you this suggestion. Or, or here, here's another option for you to consider. See, human nature, it, it, it winces at the thought of being told what to do or how to live one's life. And as much as it is to live a spirit life, we still have a choice to make. It's clear to me from this passage that we are commanded to be filled. That's the bottom line out of this verse. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit, you ask? Well, to be filled with the Spirit means to empty oneself and to allow God to fill you. D.L. Moody said, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition and of the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. We must be completely emptied before we can be filled. Now, it's in the power of the Spirit that distinguishes, sorry, distinguishes us as God's people. The command in this verse does not say, try harder. Anything that we do to try harder can be substituted for actually being filled with the Spirit. If we try extra hard, we might think that we have a fulfilling. But when you are saved... You receive the Holy Spirit, all of the Holy Spirit. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean you keep getting more of the Spirit because you're already filled with it. It means that the Spirit gets more of you. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means being led by or controlled by the Holy Spirit. And this is the key to victorious living, Paul said. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the sinful nature. Galatians 5.16 Now the obvious question then is, how do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay, I'm going I'm to give you something here special with that. How do you get filled with it, you ask? How do you get filled? I know you're pondering that. All right, you ready? Here's the answer. Get ready to write it down. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Simply ask for it. That's it. Okay, I guess our message is done, right? Well, not yet, but simply ask. And that's it. That's all you got to do. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you must ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And that's all it takes. You'll receive the Holy Spirit the same way you receive salvation 
through asking, Paul said. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Galatians 3, 2. And we've been talking about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now I want to share with you why you should be filled with the Spirit. First of all, we want this because it's to be obedient to God. Now, we've heard a number of times already in this message that Ephesians 5.18, the verse commands to be filled with the Spirit instead of wine. To be filled, that means to be full, all the way to the top, lacking nothing. It's like filling up your car for a long trip. Top it off, you said, all the way to the very top. Don't leave anything to want. Be filled with the Spirit also indicates a constant action. We are to keep on, keep on with the filling of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills us over and over and over when we relinquish our will and control, yielding all to His control every day. Don't leave anything for naught. Relinquish it all. We also want to be filled so that we have the power of God in our life. Acts 1.8 Jesus is sharing with the disciples prior to Him being taken to heaven after Pentecost. And He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And First John 4, 4. You dear children are from God who have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And John is reminding us here not to be frightened by the wickedness and the evil around us each day because the Holy Spirit has far more power than Satan and all of his demons put together. The bottom line here is that God will always conquer all evil. So my question then is, why wouldn't you want all of God's power? Why would you, why would you lack of anything? Why, why partly? Why wouldn't you want all of God's power? Well, if you've noticed that before you were saved, the Bible was kind of hard to understand, kind of a history book or, geez, those words don't make any sense to me. I can't, I am. Who's talking about who and who's doing what? It, it is hard to understand. But after getting saved, God sends the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you. All of a sudden, the scales fall from your eyes. Your ears are open to hear. Your mind is free to receive. And the Bible comes alive with you. That's what takes place. And that's because the author now lives inside of you. And he helps you interpret the words so that you can understand what's being written in front of you. You can absorb it. You can digest it. The manna that you read is the food for your spirit. Now many Christians see the world as it is physically decaying and just infected with sin. But we do not have to be pessimistic because we know what the final chapter says. We have the hope for future glory in our lives. And Romans 8, 24 through 30, and it goes like this. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Verse 28 goes on. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And verse 30. And those who predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. All right, Craig, you're saying. So how does the Holy Spirit really speak to me? Well, the Holy Spirit speaks to you through his word, like we said, and by his promptings of what you need to hear throughout each day from him. Now, many end up choosing to cast away those thoughts and move on. They just don't believe. And then they wonder why God isn't talking to them. It's because they don't want to hear what he's saying. If you truly want to live a spirit-filled life, then begin doing what God prompts you to do. Now, we know that God speaks to us daily through the Holy Spirit. It is time for us to act. It may be serving in your community, helping a widow or a widower. Maybe you'll have to make amends with someone you don't really care about or asking forgiveness from... Now you fill in the blank. I can't tell you who it is. Asking forgiveness from fill in the blank. Do what the Spirit brings to your mind to do. This experience will carry us through life day after day. Each day we are seeking God and immersing ourselves in His Word and praying in the Spirit. He will show us the way. To pray in the Spirit, we need to use the gifts of the Spirit that God has given us. Now, if we don't care to use them, then God will eventually take them away and he'll give them to someone else who really does care about it. We should have joy in the sanctification process. We should have joy in being still. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Now, while working on reports, having your meetings, planning how to grow our profits, making calls, texting, or reviewing our social media sites, generally multitasking, doing all this more and more, the Spirit waits and waits and waits some more. He's waiting for you. At the end of most days, for the most part, the Spirit will be waiting for you, and what actually is taking place is, oh, we left another day go by in the flesh when we could have been changed. Now the church needs to get back to teaching about the Holy Spirit. Sadly, though, there are many churches that have put a time limit on their services and the gifts have been completely eliminated from taking place. Or someone that wants to exercise a gift, they have to go and ask to speak with a designated leader and get, quote, permission to speak from a human person. I've not really been able to find anything like that in the Bible. I don't believe Jesus told the apostle that they needed his permission to speak. Christ encouraged the believers to use the gifts from the Holy Spirit in their everyday life. It was just an everyday event, not just on Sundays. 
And he's done that same thing for us because the spiritual gifts given to each person by the Holy Spirit are special. And they are to be used to minister to the needs of the church. He even provides us some guidelines on how to use our gifts. How hard is that? He's telling us. He's giving us an outline to use. You, you can find these guidelines to help you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in chapter 14. Everything done in your church service must be beneficial to all worshipers. Every one of them should consider themselves a contributor. These principles will touch every aspect of the service. With song, through the message, and the exercising of your spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, what I see in here is that there are not many churches that even promote the gifts of the Spirit anymore. Which I, I have to admit here out loud to you that I kind of find that confusing. Especially when God's intentions are for the church to be a place to outwardly use our gifts in the first place. A safe place to use them. Why don't the churches allow it? Why don't they teach it? Joel 2, 28-30, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth. So why would the church not be following God's instructions? They don't want to scare anyone away. Ah, some of them, I think, believe that. See, the church leaders don't believe spiritual gifts are for day today because they don't understand how to use them in the first place. They believe those gifts really only apply to the Old Testament. But why is that? Why, why, do, why do many of them believe that? That the Old Testament, well, that's the old days. We have to follow the New Testament. All right, let's follow the New Testament. What about Acts 2, 16 through 21? Peter is quoting what the prophet Joel preached in 900 B.C., what I just quoted, 2, 28 through 30. And as he spoke to the crowd at Pentecost, while well, all of them were being filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is Acts, that is in the New Testament, a testimony that they are for today. See, God's intentions are for all of us who have professed that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, is to live a life in the Spirit each day. I said that before. I'll keep saying it again. To live it each day to the fullest. Over the years, I've come to understand that many Christians fail to understand that the Spirit-filled life was never meant to be a one-time static experience. See, living in the Spirit is intended for every believer to experience every single day of their lives. It's not a one-day one day wonder. It's every day. Being filled with the Holy Spirit makes a difference in how you work, how you play, where you live, where you work, where you play, where you work, where you socialize, where you eat, what you eat, when you eat, and how you worship God Almighty. And where you work and where you play. Because that's where our life is mostly, right? We go to work, we come home, play with the kids, play... I don't know, sports, whatever we do. We go to bed, we get up, we go to work. It's everything, where you live, how you worship God Almighty. And again, not just on Sundays. You can worship God in different ways every day. He wants that from us. Charles Stanley wrote, 
The Holy Spirit makes possible your ongoing Christian life and enables you to both experience Christ and to have a relationship with the Father. The Holy Spirit enables you to have a sense of victory in your Christian walk. And you need Him at work in you. And through you, if you are to fulfill your earthly destiny in Christ and become the person that God created you to be. What do you think about that? Makes it possible for an ongoing Christian life every single day. I want to close today's message with this one last little word. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit. And he's told us about the work of the Spirit and how he will perform in our lives. The Spirit is our comforter, our counselor, our teacher. He convicts us of sin and righteousness. He directs us to a closer walk with Jesus and helps us glorify God with our lives. And he gives us the power to love holy lives and complete God's call upon our lives. The Holy Spirit does all of these things, but only if you will let him. He will not force his way into your life. He waits for your invitation. Ask God today to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can use the gifts that He has given you to build up others and glorify the name of Jesus. This is what to make of your life count for Christ. Lord, we thank you for your message today on living in the Spirit. We thank you for giving us the Spirit, all we have to do is ask. And it will fill us to the top, to top it off. Nothing in between, nothing left over to be filled every single day and to live for you every single day and walk in the Spirit and make a difference in other people's lives with our life. Thank you, Lord, for all that you give us, all that you provide for us, all your grace, all your mercies, that we can pass that on to our fellow man and woman out there. Blessings to you all as you seek God and the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen.